0: As the enthusiast EV market matures, we're seeing cars such as this Palletoff we've got here producing up to 1300 horsepower using three electric motors in a four wheel drive configuration. Now obviously with the ability to have instant delivery of torque and instant control over that torque, there's a lot of advantages with EV over an internal combustion engine but as the enthusiast market develops, we need some options to control these electric motors. We're here with John from AEM to talk about their recently released electric vehicle control systems. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech filled interviews with some of the industry's most well known figures and presented it in podcast format for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. So John, we've yep. come from a gasoline tuning background, that's what I've sort of learned and the EV world for me is a, is a whole new world, uh, yeah. a whole lot of new knowledge to sort of uh, understand. But uh, again, we've sort of started with some production electric vehicles. Uh, obviously, Tesla jumps to mind here. Uh, now we're start, starting to see the ability to purchase either uh, crashed electric vehicles and, and use the electric motors and repowers or uh, aftermarket options such as the yeah. Cascadia that you've used in the Palatoff. But controlling this is, is the problem. So, how have AEM sort of focused on that and dealt with that problem?
1: Well, yeah, the problem is real because you've got the ability to have huge amounts of power and the power is available instantly. Uh, That actually, if you have too much power and it's too instant, that actually is a problem. It's not really helpful. So we've created the VCUs, the vehicle control units, and we've released those just now. And the whole point behind these units is to make the power delivery configurable and manageable, so that you can get optimum acceleration from the vehicle, optimum usage from the battery, and basically just take all of the things that you've put into your EV and make them all work together and make them work together
0: well. So, the idea behind this is that it will be able to be used by a home enthusiast to essentially incorporate electric motor technology and battery control into just about any platform they want to include that in? Yeah, correct. The
1: best way to think of it is, is you know, all the gas people, and I'm a gas person myself, the gas people think about a, a programmable engine management system, a programmable EFI. It, it's a it's essentially exactly the same thing as a programmable EFI system, except it's a programmable system for an EV rather than for an EFI. So you still have the, the laptop, the, the PC-based control tuning. You have the tables you set up, everything that you do, except it's all related to what you would uh, encounter in an EV. So you do things like the cooling sections for the EV. You do things like the uh, the battery management systems. You do things like the chargers. These are all things that are on the vehicle. They're all things that have to be maintained in a proper form to get the most power out of the car, to get the most power available out of the battery. Those things are all configurable, and if you use a programmable device like the VCUs, you can set everything up so that you get the best possible configuration, you get the most performance, and you can also tweak kind of the operating parameters so that it works well in a motorsports environment rather than a production car environment, which are just basically different uh there are different assumptions on how the thing is going to be used.
0: Now, I think it's also important just to mention the the sort of uh, components that go into running an electric motor. So we have the electric motor itself, but the VCU that you've developed, that doesn't interface directly with the electric motor. So uh, there's an inverter that essentially is Correct. is the control strategy or control unit that goes in between. So Can you just tell us in in sort of brief terms what that inverter does and why we need that in the system, why we can't just directly control the electric motor using the VCU? Sure.
1: Uh, I mean, firstly, you've know, you got your big battery in the car, but that's DC, direct current. The motors that are used, uh, the high-performance motors that are available now are AC or alternating current, usually three phases of alternating current. So you somehow need to convert this DC to alternating current. And it can't just be alternating current. It actually is very critically timed with the, the location of the motor in its rotation. So a device called an inverter is actually used. And this inverter is very closely tied to the motor itself. And they really work as a package. They're really really almost a symbiotic two devices that work together.
0: So we're not at a a point where we can take uh, an electric motor from one manufacturer, an inverter from another manufacturer, and piece those together and expect them to operate perfectly?
1: Uh, If you have some, there are some inverters that are kind of generic, and they can be sort of programmed to be working with other motors. Most of the OEM inverters, if you find an OEM inverter in a breaker yard, it's made for one specific motor. You can never change that. But if you have one of the aftermarket inverters that are available, they're very configurable, and they can be mated to specific motors as long as the information is available so you know there are inverters like the one we have showing here from Cascadia which is a very versatile inverter and it works with a bunch of different motors that they have available also
0: all right so how, how do you then interface with this inverter? What sort of uh, information are you sending from the VCU to the inverter in terms of uh, asking for a specific amount of torque? How does that work? How does that interface work?
1: Well the, the one of the interesting things about EVs is they're all new platforms so all of the communication between them is CAN based. There's usually three or four CAN buses on an EV now so everything is talking back and forth digitally very fast and the information is available and it's freely available throughout the vehicle once you know how to speak it. So when the VCU is talking to the inverter, what it's really asking it is, what is um, what is the availability of torque right now with the system? What can you take temperature-wise, current-wise? It talks to the battery and says, what can you source right now? How much current is available based on your conditions? And then with that and with all the traction control or torque delivery, it puts all of this together along with what the driver is asking for and comes up with a single raw number. I want X amount of RPM out of the motor or I want X amount of torque out of the motor. And I want that right now. And it will instantly, you know, within literally milliseconds it will then give you that and then we send it again every five milliseconds or even every three milliseconds now we want this now we want this so you're in actual complete control and an instant to instant control of what kind of power output you're going to get from the uh,
0: from the motor inverter package. Okay. So there's, there's a, a bunch of stuff in there that I think we need to dig into a little bit more detail. Again, uh, and I'm, I'm personally still very new to, to EV. So I'm, I'm learning as we're going here, as a lot of our viewers, I'm sure. But uh, the battery management there, and you've sort of just talked about the fact of how much, how much current can you deliver at the moment? And this really sort of comes down to how much torque you can get out of the electric motor. So, what aspects of the battery condition are going to affect what can what we can achieve and how does that change as the the car is being driven
1: well, mainly, you know, once you've got the characteristics of the battery, when the battery is made, you're going to have a standard operating condition. This is the nominal values you're going to get out of it. And the key is to try and keep it in good shape. Uh, the biggest problem you have with batteries, it's always the same problem, and it's heat. Uh, sometimes it's lack of heat. Sometimes it's too much heat. Batteries can be too cold to operate. They can be too hot to operate. And as soon as they get outside of a very small, well-defined window they start to be derated. You have to start turning down the current that you're pulling from them. So the battery management system that sits on top of the battery and actually is touching every cell and telling you the voltages also has a bunch of temperature sensors all through the battery. And once you start getting outside of that sweet spot for temperature, it will start derating. It'll start telling you that, oh, now you can only get 350 amps. And then when it gets a little warmer, now you can only get 320. And it starts closing down the
0: window and it starts closing down the performance envelope of the car. So that 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 sounds That's sounding like quite a complex range of parameters that we need to keep in mind from a tuner's perspective. Is this something that we need to deal with through the VCU or is the battery management unit doing that uh, in terms of something aside from what we need to control, doing it in the background so we don't need to worry about it and we're just asking for maximum amount of torque that's available at a certain time given the battery conditions? Uh, In the past, what you
1: would do is you would say, give me the most you could give me. And if it was too hot, it was too hot. Uh, the battery management system may say, hey, it's this, this temperature, but it doesn't really do anything about it. It just tells you that this is what it is. The VCU, one of the, the core features of the VCU is, is trying to look at all the individual components and make sure they're optimized for what we're trying to do. So the VCU gets very concerned as soon as it sees that the battery is now starting to derate based on temperature. So since the VCU controls the coolant pumps, controls the coolant fans for all the devices, all the coolant loops, the VCU's job is to then come in and say, my target temperature is this. And, you know, for motorsports, I want it to be this and to make that happen. So that's something that you can do with a VCU, a programmable motorsports VCU, where a production car doesn't do that. A production car just tries to keep it in a sort of a window that's long-range production, assuming you're going to be driving on a freeway. And we in the motorsports world, you look at it and think, well, they're going to be making another couple of very hard passes. So we need that. If it's going to be getting warm, we need to actually take it to the coldest amount it can still be accessible at, so that when it warms up, it still stays in the zone. And we know that it's going to get hot, so we run the, the, the cooling system fully. Board, even though it's not hot yet, because we want to keep it from getting hot.
0: So a bit, bit more preemptive and obviously managing that temperature as well. Yeah. Uh, Long term is going to be uh, key to the reliability of all of those components, I can assume. Absolutely. Keeping the battery, the the battery temperature
1: is key to keeping the battery life. If you maintain the battery temperature right in a sweet spot all the time, that battery is going to be for you. It's going to be there for you all the time. It's going to last years. If you disregard it and you run it hot, you run it cold, you charge it when it's cold. I mean, that's the fastest way to to lose 30 percent of your battery capacity in six months.
0: Do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level? Join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com slash free and start developing your own skills today. So in terms of the other aspect with charging these batteries, obviously that's, that's critical here. And I mean, we can plug the, the car into a power source overnight, yeah. but regenerative braking is another aspect with EV that, that we see, which basically, uh, can extend the, the uh, drive time of the, the car. Uh, can you talk to us about how that's managed with the VCU? How does regenerative braking work?
1: Well, the great thing about regen is it's essentially the exact same thing as driving. The, the VCU doesn't particularly uh, treat it any differently. The inverter doesn't treat it any differently. It's just if the motor is spinning and it's it's generating more voltage than it's being fed, it will actually start backfeeding current. So programming the amount of regen is, is actually just another number. So the you can map that out in the VCU so you can start to say well the BMS first off the BMS will tell you I can accept a certain amount of current so it will tell you how what's the most you could do and then the VCU can look at that and say under these conditions the way the throttle is held right now or maybe your foot's on the brake but it's just barely touching the brake it may only give you just a little bit of the possible regen or it sees you standing on the brakes it's going to give you a hundred percent of the regen and then whatever hydraulic braking you've got as well and then some people like to run it with a single pedal setup where maybe the bottom two-thirds of the pedal is acceleration and the top one-third is actually regen so when you're letting off you're actually getting braking action while you're still on the throttle pedal that's up to the customer to decide it's all configurable in the vcu
0: all right, so that, that really brings me into the next topic, which is from a tuner's perspective, coming from an internal combustion background, uh, normally we're, we're manipulating fuel, we're optimising ignition timing, and that's all out the window with yeah. EV, we're, we're asking for torque. But can you, can you go through the workflow for the tuner? What's it going to look like inside this VCU and what's our main tasks going to be when we are uh, trying to calibrate the, the operation of the EV? Sure, uh, it's going to be
1: different. And, and this is something that people have to kind of get their head in. We're All, all of us started in the gasoline tuning tuning world. So we've, we've all done it. We've all sat in the passenger seat of a car with a laptop while they're making a pass and making a little change. It feels a little better, feels a little worse. You don't do that with an EV because there is no tuning with an EV. The The motor, there is a proper setting for the motor and the inverter combination, and that's not something to be tuned. It's either right or it's completely wrong. So that's always there and it's always right. What you do tune is some of the setup Like when we talk about the cooling, how do we want the cooling to act? Do we want the cooling to always run max cold, you know, within the window so that you can run really long, hard pulls and stay in your your range? Or do you want to run, maybe I want to have really aggressive regen braking. That's just the way I like it. All of these things that that define the way the car drives, those are now things you can tune. And then, of course, traction control and torque mapping and torque delivery, that's wide open now because you literally can do moment-to-moment torque delivery predictions, and, and uh, laying out what's going to happen when you launch a car as part of a launch control sequence. So
0: that's wide open now. Yeah, I think that's something that, that a lot of people who don't have sort of a knowledge on EV will, will probably overlook is the instantaneous uh, response in terms of asking for a specific torque figure and the electric motor being able to deliver exactly that. And when you're talking about the, the launch strategy and in particular traction control, it's where with internal combustion, yes, there are some uh, some pretty advanced torque control strategies, but there's always going to be a latency. You don't you don't have that with the electric motor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's, the, that's the
1: hardest thing to get used to on an EV is that when you ask for something, it will get it to you instantly. And as fast as you think an IC engine is going to respond, it's nothing compared to what an EV will do it. You know, it's, um, it's, it's actually so responsive that that becomes a problem. It is too responsive. It doesn't have any give in it at all. So that needs to be programmed out of it. And that's one of the features that's, that we really take seriously with the VCU is to really slow down the way things get 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 sent to the inverter. Not slow it down to try and to, to make the car less aggressive. Just slow it down to make it actually where it doesn't just blow the tires off virtually every time you touch the pedal.
0: Look, it's obviously a brave new world out there as we see more and more people move into modifying these electric vehicles and building their own take on electric vehicles. It's great to see an option now from AEM for an aftermarket tunable solution. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to seeing this market develop more over the coming years. So thanks for your time there, John, talking us through that system. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to helping us get the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe.